0: This fan base is amazing, the city of Cincinnati is amazing, and I wouldn't want to be
1: anywhere else. Desmond fakes a handoff, runs to the right, he's got all sorts of room to the 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Bearcats! 20, 25, towards the middle of the field at the 35, and he is gone! Trey Tucker will take it 98 yards to the house! Ball poked away by DeJulius. Diving on the floor to grab it is Oguama. Bounces it for Lockett. Fires ahead to Adams Woods. DeJulius for three. Good! Cincinnati has scored 17 straight. The one-handed catch. Hands it off to Marcus Jones. He has tackled it the 34. And it is over. Zero losses. Zero doubts opportunity seized as the Bearcats send a message to the college football world, did you see that? Hello listeners,
0: new and old, welcome back to your favorite Bearcats podcast, The Evil of Cats. I am your host, Justin Hiles, accompanied by my great friend, Steve Maurer, and we are here to bring you the very best of the Bearcats twice a week in our standard weekly previews and our post-game coverage on Twitter Spaces. We'll see how long that keeps up because we are officially playing no more games in the regular season and all that we have left is a bowl game. Um, with all that said, if you haven't listened to our uh, weekend breakdown <laughs> from this past weekend on Twitter spaces with uh, Cincy Slangen was a good time in there for some miserable times outside of the Twitter space. Um, Luke Fickle's gone. So yeah, we're, we're going to have to uh, catch up on all of that because obviously things did not go our way on Friday. Um, Sunday, I feel like everything unraveled in just about an hour, maybe two um, and everything felt pretty sure and sound there. And next thing you know, you see the whole Luke Fickle, family tree sitting uh, on just off of the tarmac in wisconsin so a lot of things happened really fast we're gonna try to get everything up to speed but mainly we're gonna focus on the last 72 hours since his departure because a lot has happened and a lot is going to continue to happen so steve why don't you get us kicked off here
1: yeah so um if you want to listen to our uh since these sp- uh, spaces with sorry with Cincy Slangin to talk about our initial reactions um but thank you to anybody who tuned tuned in. By the way, uh, we had about a thousand listeners overall, so yeah, that was awesome. Big uh, ups. We had some people in from uh, Texas Tech, TCU, a lot of Big Twelve people. Um, I saw some notable names in there, so yeah. <laughs> um, that was uh, that was good. There was people interested in, you know, what's going on with the program. Um, you know, I think this kind of just caught everybody off guard, Justin. Um, and the last seventy two hours where Luke Fickle, you know, he he did go to our. Uh, I don't know why I have Arkansas on the brain. <laughs> uh, he did go to, uh, you know, Wisconsin, and then uh, he had the uh, press conference on Monday. Um, and there's a just seems to be a like, concerted push uh, from two different reporters, Stephen Godfrey, who I like, and Pete Tamel, um, who is connected with Bearcats and who wrote a couple good profiles on UC last year. Um, at, both of them uh, seem to have the same message that UC is just not prepared for the NIL game. Uh, not prepared for the recruiting um, and not, and might be going into the big 12 as one of the bottom three teams in that league, just because of how they're not ready for it. And we did have the collective started recently um, by uh, Brian, uh, Brian Fox. uh, You may know him as Bearcat sports radio on Twitter. He, uh, he did start that, you know, just last week, but other than that, I think this was just like him being late to start on NIL, being upset when kids were picking NIL, um, other over him, you know, playing for admittedly inferior programs or inferior situations rather than coming to Cincinnati and playing for a team that just went to the playoff, and you know he was losing out on kids because of that, and I think he thought this was his time to leave. I think he also thought too that he was shook last year that Marcus Freeman, his one of his best friends, um, took the uh, Notre Dame job, which we all kind of know was one of his top two jobs, if not top three. Um, and I do think a lot of these things went together. So there was a one um, one of those like videos that you know they get all the famous people to. Um, Say nice things about the new coach. They had one of those four <laughs> fickle at Wisconsin and uh, Kirk Kerbstreet mentioned on it. Yeah. I know it was a tough year for you guys last year. So I'm happy to see that you're at a new place now. And what's that, tough that, about
0: it, a college football fucking playoff. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the yeah. proof
1: in the pudding right there. See, and you know, I, I do think like, you know, I'm not going to blame Amy about this. Like, you know, that I think, you know, like any, anybody, you know, would have taken, a bigger job. And I, I think just, we got to think about in our lives, like in our personal lives, if someone offers you more money or, you know, a better job, you, you probably going to take, it, you know, and like it just obviously coaching and uh, is, has changed so much from a regular job that it's like, like it's nonsensical right now. But um, I think we do think we got to think about that. And I do, I am very appreciative of coach Fickle for what he did for us. You know, I'll yeah. reiterate that again. Um, I don't really want to trash him too much because he was really instrumental in, you know, getting us, uh, really building us back up from where we were getting us back to relevance again. Um, and Justin, I'm going to let you vent here uh, because <laughs> I, 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 I do want to hear from you. I don't want to just be the only one talking, but, um, it does seem like it caught everybody off guard. Um, the, the whole idea of him interviewing during the season, uh, was a little bit, um, left me a little bit sour too. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I don't know. I, I, I just think like him also saying to like, you know, they're not ready for it and telling reporters about it too, that they're not ready for it. And those reporters having the same message means someone close to that, him was telling them, Hey, this is what's the problem there. So, right um, Chad Brendel did mention this on the BCJ pod. I don't want to steal his take without mentioning him, um, but I'll, I'll quote him when he said, you know, when you're a first time head coach and uh, this is the place that gave you your first opportunity and uh, you're leaving out the door saying that like, you don't expect a hero as well, when you come back and yep. like, I, I think that's a, a, a fair thing to say. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. And, you know, it, it's just like, obviously there's no good way to leave a coaching situation anymore. It's always going to be like kind of shitty or people are just going to get upset, but right. (laughs) There had to be a better way than that. I'll say. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I think the biggest thing for me here is that it just doesn't, it feels like the worst part is that, in a, in a similar way that all the people complain and a lot of coaches complain that it's like, oh, it's the players game nowadays when it comes to recruiting and comes to all this, they can commit and then decommit and go somewhere else. They have the portal. They have all these options. Everything's about money and NIL. It's the same freaking thing for the coaches. Like, I mean, Luke Fickle had an extension to when 2028, 2029, something like that. That's an yeah. insane amount of money and commitment by university and a fan base and all of that in an athletic department to push towards a single individual. And all of that is just met by eh, somebody else offered me more money. And it, it, what does that mean? Does he, he doesn't have to pay them a cent. He doesn't have, there's, there's no, he just gets a clean break out of this. And I, I just, that, that part annoys me the most about this whole, this coaching carousel. When it comes to success, when it comes to failure, I'll say to the same part on the flip side to be devil's advocate it's just as like, you know, cut and block for all of that. But at the same time, as we're seeing with a lot of other coaches in a Brian Harson situation, it's still beneficial to the coaches. You get all these guarantees if you screw up and they fire you and you get all these guarantees. If you do really well and you leave, you're probably going to make more money elsewhere. So like it, there's just it doesn't feel like there's any accountability. I think nowadays, which makes this really difficult. I want to jump to this real quick to not linger on this part too long because we do have a lot to cover in a short amount of time. But um, there's this whole conversation of the stepping stone thing. And this has been a thing that we've talked about over and over and over again as Cincinnati fans. It's I hate to say it. This is this is the reality. We are a stepping stone program right now. This is how it is. I don't like admitting that, but that's where we are. We don't believe that we are that because we know what we can be. But as it still currently stands, we are still that next step. We are the offensive coordinators, the defensive coordinators, the some random assistance spot, some, some FCS or lower G5s step to take it to the next level. And right now, that's where we're still at. And you're seeing this clear and de- clear as day with Luke Fickle. Um, you know, I, I've, I feel like if you separate this out, and this is why I think a lot of people are soured on this. I mean, there's been a lot of conversation about what's happened over the past few days and all the things that have kind of unraveled in this, but I tweeted this out earlier. It's just that I feel that like, The first three seasons felt like we were really building momentum. We were trying to like turn this into this whole idea of this top 10 program that fickle wanted this program to be not just like a, you know, splash in the pan, Something just happens really fast and then fizzles out. This is like, all right, we're building towards it. We're gaining consistency. The fourth season with the COVID season was a mess and we still took advantage of that. So many teams faltered in that and we were able to take advantage and it's like, all right, we can actually do this. We could probably make the college football playoff in a realistic, everything goes our way scenario as long as everything works out. Last year was exactly that his fifth season made perfect sense this year. Everything that we've seen has just proven that he was, he missed out on his chance with Notre Dame because we made the playoff. And damn, that sucks. You missed out on an opportunity. But guess what? You still have this whole, you have everything that you've built here in front of you. And you have a new program, you have a new conference, you have more facilities, you have an infinitely higher budget, you have all these things to work with. NIL is a thing now. Even if you're not ahead of the game, you can still get in on the game. And your name is still enough to recruit a lot of people. And just he dropped it all off at the front door and said, see ya. Like, it's just, it sucks. Like there's, it felt like, it felt like this could have been so much more with him and we could have done so much. And then all of this stuff kind of unravels and comes out. And then now you hear all this about. When he was interviewing, how far back was he really checked out? Was he even checked in at all this season? Or was this whole season just a sour, damn, I wish I had that job. So I'm just going to wait and wait and wait and wait and wait. And then finally, the first thing that comes to me that has a little bit more money, which obviously is a lot more money, but still has more money, has some facilities, has a change of pace, is you know a different conference. I'm going to go run for because now I missed my shot, and I said this earlier. This is like, this is like trading in your lease. That's good. That's 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 what this is. This is this is the stock has peaked, and now you're in that first dip, and you're selling. That's yeah. that is what this is. This this is a panic sell right now because he could have had so much more. And like I said, man, it's I don't know. This whole thing has been really frustrating to me. Um, but ultimately, I mean, I think. I'll put it I'll I'll put it this way. There was a few people that I had seen that said, like Fickle has left this program off in a worse place. And I am very thankful for everything that Fickle has brought to our program and very thankful for where we're at. That was the hottest freaking take that I have seen anywhere, and I saw it multiple times. Is that this program is in a worse spot than it was before he got here? People are very quick to forget. People are very much prisoners of the moment. This is a really, really good program for a head coach to come to this is a now college football playoff level program what was it before that we were tr- we were we were the big 12 rejects that's what we were before all of this happened and now we are a college football playoff team in the big 12 like we have all that to go for so anybody who comes in has a lot more capital has a lot better shot of recruiting has a conference to recruit better recruits in that will recruit themselves because you play in that better conference and you have new facilities. You're going to have a brand new indoor practice facility. You're going to have all this other stuff coming in the next few years. Whoever's coming into this next spot is literally going to have all of this dropped in their lap and we're going to see what they're going to do with it. And I think that's a great time to transition to the next head coach. Take it away.
1: Yeah, so uh, it is definitely an exciting time within the Clifton landscape. Um, I think it's exciting because like reckless speculation about head coaches that may have never interviewed or have never even stepped foot on campus is so much fun. I I can understand why (laughs) uh, schools fire and hire new coaches every three years because it is a lot of fun to like just throw out, oh, what if this guy comes here? What if that guy comes here? Like, I don't know. I'm having a lot of fun. I'm trying to – delay the pain of Coach <laughs> Fickle leaving by just enjoying the search. But uh, right now, it is Tuesday night as we report record this. Uh, Sunday morning was when the Fickle news broke. Um, I did say on the Twitter spaces on Sunday afternoon that any good AD has a few names uh, mm-hmm. on, a, on his mind or on their mind for whenever a job comes open. And this is definitely one of those ones you have to have a few on the list for. So I don't think... Uh, Cunningham was unprepared. There was maybe a a, a couple conversations about him possibly leaving, uh, about Coach Fuka possibly leaving, but um, I, I don't think there's a uh, you know the, he he should have been prepared. Any I'm I'm sure he was, but this is the thing though. Um, you're right, Justin. We're in a much better position, um, and I, I think like we've the, the and the fan base has probably agreed about this too this isn't a Mac job anymore. Like you don't have to just hire like the next up and coming local Mac guy. Yeah. And it did. I mean, it, Hey, it worked out with Brian Kelly and Butch Jones, but that was 10 years ago. Um, I don't really think there's much upward trajectory in the Mac. The only guy that I would really like is like a Sean Lewis or something like that. A guy who's young and has an offense. Um, but I really haven't seen him mentioned at all. So um, there is like a, a, there's like, you know, there's been the candidates listed and everybody knows them. Like Matt Campbell, probably out. Tom Herbin, probably out. Uh, Deion Sanders, obviously uh, local, former red, but uh, looks like he may be taking the uh, South Florida job. Um, Jamie Chadwell, he wasn't really mentioned. Uh, and there's a lot of uh, coordinators as well, like uh, Alex Golish. Uh, Brian Hart, uh, Brian Hartline is a passing game coordinator for Ohio State. Um let me pause right there, Justin. I don't really think I would want just another Ohio State guy, just because I don't want to become like, okay, yeah, the pipeline. Left. <laughs> yeah, just go hire Ohio State's guy. Yeah, like yeah. I, I kind of want to step out of the box for this one. Um, there's also a uh, Jesse Minner, who's the son of uh, Rick Minner, and um, he's been in the NFL, been in the been in the college game too. Uh, was the is the defensive coordinator of Michigan. Um, so, uh, you know, there's there's been a lot of names thrown out there. Um, some G5 head coaches, some P5 coordinators. Um, I did say like, you know, initially don't throw any names out, but it's two days after our spaces. We can uh, have yep. a little hindsight here. Um, a couple of guys, like I said, have already kind of counted themselves out. Um, and there's also a couple of guys that I don't think would really be a great fit. Um, like for example, Matt Campbell, um, he, uh, he responded to uh, <laughs> yeah. the allegations of uh, you know, him having like one of the most talented teams in Big 12 in his history in Iowa State history by saying "Oh, we accomplished the goal of being ourselves all year uh, and not <laughs> being a conference champion which uh I don't know about that. So um so you know I, I think there's a couple things that I'm looking for Justin. Um you you did put out some polls and I want I do want to hear the answers from those cuz I'm interested um, in what our fan base said to those polls, you know, about uh what kind of style would you want uh what kind of per uh, experience what you want so uh feel free to sprinkle that in as you will but um here's what i'm looking for justin someone who is able to rise fast raise a lot of money um you know to say that bluntly um and really recruit this place and show people hey this is special and you know the last guy left but he led us to the college football playoff and you know you could be the next guy in here that's going to the college football playoff there's Mm -hmm. a chance for UC to be competitive in this league right away. If they hit the transfer portal correctly and if they hit the right recruits correctly, if they re-recruit the guys that had decommitted, there's a definite possibility that we could be competitive again next year. It'll be, you know, obviously I think the roster will need a couple of years to really get up to speed, but uh, we had a TCU fan come in uh, to our chat on Sunday and say, look, like, you know, it, it was a rough first year for TCU, but, by 2014 they were in the college football playoff discussion and you know it's dallas fort worth area that is different for sure than cincinnati but like in this age of transfer portal and of you know how well coach fickle was doing recruiting uh here i don't see why not like you can still promise the same guys like hey we you know we've had guys developed into you know defensive backs tight ends we produced a quarterback last year like Again, that's all on the coaching staff. That coaching staff is very important. And the new guy can profess to saying, you know, I was able to do this here and do this there. Um, but really I want someone who's going to want to rise fast. And if it is Brian Hartline who eventually like, you know, wants to be here for three years, win a bunch of games and then go, I mean, good riddance. Like I want to be the big twelves organ, you know, like I want to be that program that coaches are in demand for. And I think that's a yep. good thing. Like I, I, I'm I'm way past like the, oh, they took our coach. I don't want anybody to take our coach anymore. I want a guy that's going to stay. And I was worried that some of our fans were saying that on our spaces on Sunday because we had that guy and yeah. he didn't do very well. Uh, yeah. He's now a U.S. Senator. I don't want to say, his name, <laughs> but he's a U.S. Senator now. So you know yeah. who I'm talking about. Don't think like that. Like that's closed minded. Right. Like there's rarely anybody who's going to stay for their whole tenure now. And mm-hmm. dude, like, I mean, just look up uh, the highway I-71. They were, like, a not-so-silent uh, part of the Ohio State fan base. I wouldn't call it a majority, but I wouldn't call it a minority. There's a lot of people asking if Ryan Day should be fired, and that was for losing two consecutive games, albeit to their arch-rival. But Two consecutive
0: games. games in, in a, a, what, f- 20-some game span? It's, it's two consecutive games in two seasons, but it's not Mm -hmm. two consecutive games, which is even crazier to think about (laughs) Like a double digit win team. And you're calling for your coach's head, but that's also the Ohio state
1: deal. So, well, and then also you got to think about like, you know, there's no more, like, I mean, more modern example is Kyle Whittingham. Who's been at Utah since like 2005, but there's no more, um, uh, I'm going to say a weird name here, but uh, Joe Paterno. There's no more Joe Paternos here anymore. Yeah. Obviously, he left for a scandal and uh, really bad reasons, but yep. he was obviously there for many years. There are no lifers anymore, Justin. We just saw Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly. Well, not shocker that Brian Kelly left, but we saw Lincoln Riley leave when people thought, yeah, he was going to be there forever at Oklahoma. Uh, he yeah. had a rolling, and it was a pretty easy to walk to the playoff for them every year. There are no lifers anymore. And you know, whether that means you're, you're going to fire your guy or he's only going to be here for a few years before he moves on. I want people to succeed and then move on and leave it better. Just as good for the next guy. This is a good program. Um, and if, you know, guys just don't want to stick around, I good for you. Go find whatever you want. Maybe you'll get a, a buyout and get to be on a beach in five years. I don't really care. As long as you're here, I want you to win. God rest you. Do what you will when you leave. But uh, can you I imagine? Guys are here.
0: Anyone? Can you imagine Cunningham paying for a buyout? I just don't see him
1: being that kind of guy, personally. But maybe that's just me. <laughs> I mean, we got the money now, and like you know, if you think about it, boosters are not going to be asked necessarily to support like day to day things that are right. going on in the athletic department with all of this money that's coming in next year. That will definitely help our budget and will help like add a few things in and obviously donors are going to be asked to, you know, help the build the indoor practice facility. And I I do think that like, you know, once we have more alumni who have, you know, uh, you know, amassed more wealth, uh, I'll say (laughs) uh, there's going to be people who are interested in, you know, donating and being a part of this and saying like, Hey, like, you know, we, we want to be just as good as we were in 2021 again. Like we want to be back there. And I, I mean, you know, maybe I'm just, like kind of being very hopeful with that. But I do think that there is a possibility that if you make a mistake with this, with this hire and it doesn't go well, you can fire that guy and say, Hey, we, you know, results here ain't cutting it, man. Like, sorry, we're going to try and find the next guy. And then the cycle goes on and on and on. Um, You know, we've gotten extremely lucky to have four out of our five head coaches in the past 20 years, be like gold standard, a plus picks. And yeah. Whoever the next true. guy is going to be, there's no even, there's no real reason to even speculate. Just because like j- nothing's coming out of John Cunningham or the athletic <laughs> department, and um, unless you have a Bearcat Journal subscription, you don't really know. Um, and yeah. I'd argue that like, I mean, even Chad, like he he was late on West Miller last year. I was a BCJ subscriber last year, but that wasn't because of Chad, and that wasn't because of you know. John Cunningham, it was because Wes Miller did something completely different than what he usually does for his coaching searches. So, right. no one really knows until the coach gets walked out at the press conference. And even then, a Josh McDaniel situation might happen when he left Indianapolis without even actually taking the press conference. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, don't I, like don't get yourself too riled up in speculation. Like I don't really think there's going to be a leak on this before it happens. Maybe from like Pete Thamel or Justin Williams. You know, might want to turn your notifications on for them. But I I would just say like th- that's like my thoughts on who I want for the position and who I yeah. want to be coaching here at UC. Um, it doesn't really matter to me offense or defense. Um, we've been successful with both offensive and defensive minds, uh, but I do think the recruiting the NIL and the desire to win and win quickly are three big important things here.
0: Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. Um, real quick, I want to rattle off these polls just because um, we do have yeah, some please results do. for those. Um, this is a quick backtrack, and we'll jump right on track in like 30 <laughs> seconds. It was mainly about the whole thing with Fick in um, this whole year. Is like, do you feel like Fick taking that interview after the ECU game And kind of being checked out mentally, do you think that that cost us A, the home streak, B, the two-lane game, which goes hand-in-hand, C, the championship game, which also goes hand-in-hand-in-hand, and the New York Six Bowl? And 80% of people said yes. So I think that – 81, actually. So that's pretty much close enough. Uh, And I I think most people would probably agree with that. Real quick – Looking less at individuals and more at traits, which of the following would you like to see as the highest priority trait of the Bearcats new head coach? I gave the options of elite recruiting, NIL use, strong offensive scheme, strong defensive scheme, proven winner as a head coach. And all of those 63% said elite recruiting and NIL use. And I think that is just kind of where everybody's at. It's like that is the mindset going forward for the future. Um, and I think that is kind of the biggest thing. It's like if you can do that nowadays, it doesn't really matter what your scheme is, your talent's gonna win out. Um Hopefully, um, with that as well, um, which actually, I kind of asked this twice in a way, but, um, we'll jump up to here. Um, so Alex Gullish, Jesse Minter and alike, um, are kind of like what I see as program kickstarters. These are guys that you're going to have a couple of years and they'll get their system going. It might not be great out the gates, but after year two, year three, those things are really going to start running and we should be, you know, kind of par for course normally for what we've been expecting under fickle. Um, versus a Deion Sanders or a guy who can help kind of corral and get the recruits in order um, big commitments, players in the portal, things like that. What feels right to you? And 75% said, go for the flashy, go for the hype, go for a guy like Dion, Um versus 25% saying the OC's going for the longevity, that long-term pick. Um, and again, I feel like a lot of that kind of has been reflected. I think, everybody's kind of voting in the same guidelines so I think that's has a good tell of kind of where the fan base is sitting a lot of people are less about maybe it's not even Dion as much but more like we want that guy who is going to recruit like you said we want that guy who's going to be able to like I said you know your' <laughs> your guys are all starting to sprinkle out how can we just you know throw the rope back out and say hey You don't know what it's like out there. Why don't you come back in where, you know, it's nice and warm. Um, So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I think I'm of the same mindset in a way, but personally I'm kind of on the flip side. Like I, I understand that, but I'm on the flip side. I would rather have a guy for a more longevity scheme type of coach versus Dion, I think is very exciting and fun, but I think it's too splashy. Personally, I think he's definitely proven himself and he's shown that he can do all these things. And with more resources, it literally can only get better. But I'd also like to see a guy that can, you know, kind of take the reins and build this in a similar way that Fick did not to be what Fick was, but more so to have that consistency. If you have a less than 10 win season, what the fuck is going on? That should be our mentality. We want to be that 10-win team because at the end of the day, you can have Deion Sanders and he can can be here for three seasons. And if he's going seven and, you know, he's winning seven games, he's winning eight games, he's winning, he's going 600. People are going to be pissed off. At the end of the day, people want to win. And that's what matters. And the best way to win is to be a consistent team and to build a winner over time. So that's how I see it. And I think the identity to do that is and Alex Goolish, Garrett Riley, or Jesse Minner. Those are my, I I would prefer any of those. Dion, I would not be against because I think it would be fun as hell. I'm just thinking from that perspective, I'd rather have a guy, especially like Golish or Riley, that has just such a like powerhouse offensive scheme because offense is what dominates the Big 12. And I think that's going to be huge going forward. And if we can harness that and really get ahead of the game there, because... I like I said. I think defense cuts it in the American, and it will definitely help in the Big Twelve. But look at every single Big Twelve team. Look at their score lines. Look at what they're averaging offensively. You have to. It's even if even if you're not, you could be a great defensive team. You're going to hold. You, you might hold a team back ten points from what they usually do. But you're still gonna lose by 30 in a lot of these games. You TCU's blowing teams out by like 30, 40 points. You have, you know, in Tennessee, Tennessee's blowing teams out by 20, 30, 40 points. Like these kind of games, I would love to see that from the Bearcats against quality teams. We do that against the Kennesaw States. We do that against the FCS. We do that against the you know lower G5. I want to do that against the big guys. You want to be able to blow them out. Yep. But yep. like yep. I said, personally, if that's the direction I'd like to see it go. Um and, I do want to mention uh, yeah. one
1: thing real quick. Um, I think it'd be great too if uh, UC were to prioritize uh, hiring a, a, um, a, a black coach uh, or person of color uh, for Absolutely. this role, because you know the, uh, it's still one of the things that I think about. UC's never had a black head football coach. Uh, we've had a black head basketball coach, um, but I, I do think it's something that you know it you know it's prioritized. I didn't really like personally. Um, there's a couple people who have said. Oh yeah, you could connect to the urban core of the city by hiring Dion. I don't really like saying it yeah. like that. Like, I don't really think that's you know, Dion is himself. You know, it's Dion is like the like a magnet of people. And I, once again, I don't think he he's coming here because I think he's going to go to USF. But anyway, I do think that like that that should be a thought. You know, on Jenny Cunningham's fine. it's like you know, hiring the first black football coach, uh, head football coach in UC history, like a guy like Mo linguist, the head coach of Buffalo comes to mind, or, you know, Sharon Moore, um, the Michigan offensive coordinator comes to mind, like Josh mm-hmm. Gaddis, the Michigan, uh, the Miami offensive coordinator who was at Michigan um, also yeah. comes to mind too. So um, I think that's something that I would like to see prioritized um, because I think it's important to see representation. And uh, I think mm-hmm. that would be a, a great thing for us too. And, you know, I, I, I just think it's kind of crazy that, you know, obviously we have a lot of black players on the team, but, we still have not had yet, yet had a black head football coach. So, um, yeah, you know, and true. a lot of schools haven't either. I don't want to say that, we're yeah. <laughs> the only ones, but you know, I, I think that is something that, that I would like to see prioritized. So, but yeah. we'll see what happens, um, with the, with the coach. Um, and I think next week, Justin, uh, at least by Sunday, we'll be talking about a new head coach here at the university of Cincinnati.
0: Hopefully so. Hopefully so. Um, we're going to kind of fly through this basketball tidbit. Um, What's not basketball? much. Is, uh, what is basketball? What is the Bearcats program as it currently stands? Uh The Bearcats closed out their trip to the islands of Maui Invitational. Maui, Maui. I don't know if we... It's definitely not a success. It wasn't... It was pretty... It was rough. 19-point uh, no. win over Louisville. So we're going to maintain the basketball keg of nails. But it's... Louisville's just... Louisville's objectively not even like bad or awful, like they're just objectively horrible. Like it, yeah. it they're, they're, there's not enough there's not enough words to describe how bad they are against what their expectations should be this year, especially for a program that considers themselves a red blue butt blue blood. Um with that said, um, I think like you you've kind of got here in the notes too. Wes Miller, he's gonna be fine. Um, you know, I think we put a lot of stock in the Arizona game and then proceeded to put that into the Ohio State game. Is this team fully there yet? Not really. Are they going to be? I think we've got a lot of time to figure that out. Um, We're going to see how we perform against the rest of the non-conference slate, but we should be fine, I would think. Um, Of course, it's easier to say, you know, a couple games down, you know, after – Losing three straight, but um I, I think I think we look at this too like if we don't just have a bad night against NKU and we can figure it out against NKU, this conversation hasn't happened at all. You expect to get blasted by Arizona, you expect to get beat by Ohio State, you hope to beat Ohio State, but you expect to be beat, beat by Ohio State. I think the NKU is just that just you know, rock in the road that kind of tripped you up. And then you get followed with probably the two hardest consecutive games you're going to have all season long. I mean, I don't think I'm wrong in that. Um, but regardless, it's just good for them to win. It's nice to like leave Maui with a win, leave that tournament with a win and not just go. Oh, and three there. So um, with that said, the next six games that we have at home are NJI NJIT, Bryant, Xavier, Miami, LaSalle and Detroit, Mercy, what do you think we're going to end up with in those six games? So out of the six, not with our current record involved, but out of those six, what are we going?
1: Um, I'm hoping for five and one. um, And obviously, you know, Xavier one, uh, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk with some friends about that one. Um, I am, uh, I don't know. I am going into that game with no expectations, uh, just like I went into the U S world cup run with no expectations. <laughs> and uh, they're beating my expectations, which are none right now. So um, if you go into that game with no expectations, maybe something good will happen. Um, but five and one, um, the, you know, I'm not as worried about Travis Steele because he does know Cincinnati, but I don't think he's got the talent yet at Miami. So, uh, you know, if we do go back up to Millet hall at some point, maybe the, uh, they he'll have something extra to say about that. But um, I think you could go five and one with that. Um, these are yeah. all teams that you, you should be able to win uh, games. that you should be able to win, especially at home. And um, I wonder if, you know, just this like light on football is going to shine a little extra on basketball for right now, you know, cause like we don't really have coach fickle and recruiting to think about anymore all the time. Like I think basketball is going to take more of a center stage now. And so oh, I mean, yeah. you should see how that goes, but for sure, um, Anyway, um, I'm thinking five and one, um, just the, the Xavier game. Again, no expectations, people don't <laughs> don't expect anything and you won't get hurt. So I, I would
0: agree. Justin? Five and one. That's that's fully my expectation. If we can manage to pull on over on Xavier at home, I think we'll you know obviously be very happy and we'll be content with the season. I feel like the Xavier games kind of our, you know, OSU Michigan game. It's that one where it's like, all right, your whole season could be a wash, but as long as you beat that team, you're probably going to be okay with it in the end.
1: I should, I, we should have drills uh, for every practice, like, like Michigan was doing recently where they have a beat Ohio drill, every practice, we should have <laughs> a beat Xavier drill, every practice and just like to guard, the perimeter and like rebound, like do everything as hard <laughs> as you can for like five minutes. and like beat Xavier. You know? yeah. So well, um, we got about Oh, go ahead. Yeah, it. they're they're interesting this year too. Uh they you know, they play hard against some some really good teams and uh they're going to be tough to beat for sure, but uh you know, it, it's not a rivalry if you don't throw the record books out and then see if anything can happen. So, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. No expectations though, by the way. Still no expectations. <laughs> Still no I'm expectations.
0: Still no expectations. It's going to um, be fun.
1: We got about 2
0: minutes left, so is there anything else that you think we need to uh mention here before we cut away
1: um no I know not you got some really. extra notes here but <laughs> no not really um i i'm just like wondering if you know the, this this roster is going to improve at all just um I, I think there's some definite flaws that will be seen against good teams um you know we just don't have that big man presence right now and unfortunately like i don't think like that's going to change at all this year like victor Lockin can only do so much um justin your take <laughs> about victor locken is a golden take
0: paying its dividends. was the player
1: <laughs> like he was the player of the game uh, in the louisville game and like i think if he is really able to turn into something this year he's going to be special but um i i'm really interested to see what uh skillings does i'm really interested to see what josh reed does um as long as Josh, John Newman's out, like, you know, I I think it's going to be interesting to see how they respond to that. So what about you?
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I would agree. I think that the, I think the story on Vic is going to be interesting, you know, going in, especially once we get to conference play, I think he's going to have to be our rock. Um, Everybody likes to, I think put a lot of it on DDJ and Landers, of course. Um, But, you know, shooting's not going to be there every night, but, If your shooting's not there every night, you have to have your rebounding there. You have to have your defensive paint ability somewhere in the game. And if Vic can consistently be that guy week in, week out, um, I think he's going to really be the key to taking over in a lot of these close games that we're probably going to end up having. Um, And so if we can really have him playing well down the stretch, um, you know, of the of end of non-conference play going into conference play i think he's going to be a huge huge part to look forward to um and as well i think like i said hopefully you can take care of business in the rest of these non-conference games and maybe get one over on xavier but we'll probably end up talking to our role blob pod guys um we've got something cooking there so we'll get them in here again hopefully but Um, with all that said, I think that we've covered just about everything. Thank you guys for checking in this week. Um, make sure to check in at some point soon. We might find Twitter spaces at some point for something, but most likely you'll hear from us next week, at least. So again, thank you guys for listening. Take care. Go Bearcats. See ya.